Here's the big question. How do new technologists break into an industry with so many people vying for the same opportunities? How do they go about finding the right company, writing a resume worth reading? How do they prepare for interviews and show up with a humbled confidence? Ultimately, how do they create a personal brand that has companies knocking at their doorstep? These are the questions that job seekers want the answer to. And I'm here to guide you from application to offer letter and beyond. Get ready to equip yourself with the tools necessary to stand out amongst a sea of applicants. My name's Chad Jeffries, and your interview guide starts here. Welcome to the Interview Break Fix. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode four of Interview Break Fix. Very excited to have you here. Thank you so much for joining. Um, if you could do me a favor and like, download, subscribe uh, to this podcast, the more numbers we can get, the more people listening in, the uh, the, the more engagement I can uh, drive, and obviously the more content that I can provide you. So, um, But anyway, on that note, I want to talk in this podcast about the golden rules of job applications, and I broke them down into about five. Now, let me kind of back up. There are every single episode ties into the one before. Um, so if you're a first-time listener and you're just catching this podcast, uh, this episode, then I highly recommend that you go back and listen, um, whether you know, you've already got a resume written or you know, you've already found the job that you're looking for. Um, I provide a lot of valuable information and content um, within those within those episodes. So it's extremely important that you kind of understand that every, everything ties in together and everything kind of uh, builds off of off of itself. And I don't just talk in a vacuum. So uh, each episode will. Uh, will really help you kind of understand in this kind of timeline how everything flows and it'll hopefully be some things that you can take away from uh, from each episode as well so these five rules that I've broken down um, are obviously you know some of the things that that people don't think about and that are people aren't really talking about so giving you a internal recruiters kind of perspective to to give you a little uh, insight is going to help you and not just talking about, you know, it, it's not enough to just write a resume and apply online. There's a lot more that you should do and that you that you need to stand out amongst everybody else that's uh, applying for the same exact position. So the first rule here is personal branding. And I really want to focus on this throughout the entire podcast series. Uh, that is the number one thing that sets you aside from anyone else, and that is you. That is your personal brand. So your brand is a unique promise of value that you're offering something that no one else can offer, which is you and your unique set of skills aside from the hard skills that you've obtained. And I'll get into that. So it's obvious that your skills are extremely important in landing the job. But when it comes to separating yourself from the sea of applications that are uh, being flooded by HR people and recruiters and teams, um, the only thing that will set you aside is your unique promise of value, which is your personal brand. So you want to be known for something. And whether it's, I don't know, recording live coding sessions or video game development or 
I don't know, maybe epic graphic design skills. You really want to make it known by talking about those various uh, platforms or mediums that, that you have and kind of what sets you aside. And that's something, quote unquote, um, could also be soft skills. Um, if you haven't found your niche yet um, and you just want to be known for uh, being a really outstanding person, um, then stuff like posting on social media and making it known what your values are, um, aside from maybe, you know, political views right off the bat, if you uh, have your Twitter dedicated to uh, Donald Trump or, uh, you know, the Democratic uh, Party and you're just focusing on that and you're just doing a lot of bashing online, then I'd probably uh, leave leave the Twitter off of your uh, off of your resume and stuff like that. But anyway, that's totally up to you. I'm just giving you suggestions, but, um, you do want to be known for something and that is your personal brand. And it's something that you are either consciously or subconsciously doing already. Um, but you need to be focusing on that and make it part of your conscious effort. Um, when you're explaining who you are or, um, you know, presenting that online. So, the second one uh, kind of plays into this, and that's making networking a top priority. So you're limiting your yourself extremely um, by only submitting an application online and hoping for a response from somebody. So a few ways that you can network yourself, um, either virtually or in person, is to start endearing yourself with companies or industries uh, in, in different networks. Um, so what do I mean? So reach out to people via LinkedIn within the company you're applying to. So it could be leadership within the organization, directors, managers, team leads, principals, you know, however the job title is. But as I said from the last episode, you need to understand who's a part of that team and, and reaching out to these people and and really just start connecting and endearing yourself with them. Get your name known by these people. Um, so uh, reaching out on LinkedIn, that's one. Uh, following them on different platforms, that's, that, that's another. Um, you could even reach out to people with the same title. So if you're a software engineer or you're looking for software engineering opportunities, then start connecting with people. You know, ask them what their uh, experience has been like. How do they like it? What is Dick's value? You're not even asking if you can get in front of the, uh, in front of somebody to interview. You're just getting to know the company a little bit more. And I had said that in my last episode, um, or I think it was two episodes ago, um, when you're actually searching for a job and you need to be looking online and, and having these types of conversations, that's part of networking. So as I said, everything ties in together, um, but make, make networking a top priority, not just by doing it on LinkedIn, but you can also, you know, see them at different conferences or, you know, attending different webinars or, you know, we have one of our software engineers at Dick Sporting Goods who, uh, who records live coding sessions. Um, and again, just kind of like following him on, on YouTube and doing stuff like that. Um, so there are definitely ways, not saying that you need to do that, but there are ways that you can connect outside of LinkedIn, uh, in person or virtually. There are a lot of things that you can do. So just keep those things in mind. 
Um, I'd say probably most importantly, as you're making these connections with people within the organization, is to actually reach out to the recruiters uh, via LinkedIn. And you can do this before you apply um, as well. Um, but simply asking for information in an exploratory call is is perfectly fine before you actually submit your job application. I would actually recommend doing that. Um, even if recruiters are very busy, you're putting your name out there. So if I, if, if let's say you've reached out to me, um, you haven't applied yet, but you do apply, I already know that you had reached out to me. And all you simply have to do is say, hey, I know we touched base you know, a couple weeks ago. Just wanted to follow up on my application um, and see if you had received that. Love the opportunity to chat with you. Um, if you already had the exploratory call, that'll just, again, make those connections a lot easier. And it'll actually put you up top of the list from other candidates. If I have actually seen you, talked to you, know who you are, your name just kind of resonates with me already. And that goes for recruiting and, and uh, hiring managers within that team. Uh, the, the same goes for both. Um, and uh, I also want to talk about, you know, word of mouth. So word of mouth really increases your likelihood of getting in front of a hiring manager. If you're talking to a software engineer on that team um, and the conversation went really well, he's like, hey, this guy's got something to offer. Then he talks to, to his manager, say, I would really love to have this guy on our team. He's very ambitious. He's green as far as the skills are concerned. But I would still love for you to talk to him. And then he could reach out to me and say, hey, I already spoke with this guy. I already had a great conversation. If you want to maybe just get him through the process. So those, you know, that's a really good way to do that. Um, so word of mouth, again, just goes a long way. And that's, that's how a lot of recommendations and referrals happen. And honestly, the, the best hires that, that I've ever experienced and the best people, the candidates that come through are the ones that show that initiative, make those connections on the forefront. And uh, that's really going to make you stand, uh, stand out amongst the, the sea of applications. I'm going to use that as a theme, so let's stick with it. Um, but by doing this, you're showing your, your soft skills like initiative, dedication, curiosity, uh, which are all highly desirable soft skills. Um, so I, I kind of already mentioned, um, attending local events, but I want to kind of piggyback off that by, by also saying that, you know, it's it, some resources that you can find, which I'll include in the show notes are, um, are meetup groups. So if you just go to meetup.com, um, it's used for everything under the sun. I feel like any, any groups of people like to, uh, meet up. So, that's uh, th that's really going to be a great way for you to, to check out um, different conferences and stuff that happen around the area. Um, uh, another important note um, whenever you're networking and doing this is don't elevator pitch yourself. So the, this is this is a huge a huge point that I want to make here because uh, there's a lot of times when I'm networking with people at these different conferences or events. And they've rehearsed their their elevator pitch. They they've got it they've got it down to a T. Um, while it's really good to do that and know what you want to talk about and what you want people to know about you, you don't just go into a conversation and immediately give unwarranted, uh, I guess, information about yourself. Uh, let the conversation flow. So when networking, generally people want to just have conversations. You know, people have in the back of their mind. 
you know, can I have a beer with this person? Is this person somebody I'd like to hang out with outside of work and professionally? Is this somebody that's easy to relate to? Um, that's just kind of general rule of thumb in, uh, in my communication studies, um, that I've been doing even outside of college. I mean, that was my degree in, in, in compu- um, organizational communication. Um, but a lot of it is psychology based and, um, yes, while it's theory based, um, it's, it's backed up and supported for a long period of time and really, um, just taking courses online and doing different stuff myself. I've learned the psychology of human beings and, um, I, I can tell you right now that if you're just having a conversation, it's going to be highly likely that, you know, you're not seeming salesy or, um, inauthentic. If you're just having the conversation, asking how their day's going, asking them questions. So not only about their career, but ask them start in a way to kind of navigate through the conversation is asking them questions like, how long have you been working at, at, at that company? Um, how, how do you enjoy the team? How many people do you work with? Like, what do you enjoy most about your work? Um, what do you enjoy most about the company? Do you have any advice that you could give a new software engineer or a new developer coming into the market? And you'd be really surprised how great conversations can come off of that because people like to talk about themselves, A. And if you understand that you're starting the conversation not at you, uh, all about you, this is about me, I'm you know, a software engineer, yada, yada, I just graduated with this, I have these skill sets, I'm um, really looking forward to working with you, hopefully. And they're like, what? Uh, can we just have a conversation? But if you start asking these questions, the, that, all of that will naturally come in. If you ask somebody what, what they do and who they are and all these different things, they're naturally going to ask you the same question back. So you will get your elevator pitch out. You just have to enter it at the right time. Um, so I would, say, uh, I would say that's probably the uh, star asterisk. If you're taking notes, that is, that is one you want to make as an important note. Um, the next point here is to be low maintenance and have a high curiosity. So what do I mean by that? Let's say that you apply, apply to a job Uh, Before you got the chance to network with the people or the company, um, you got your resume, you applied for the job online, you did the tailoring, everything that I uh, that I prescribed for you. Um, You know, you want to allow the appropriate amount of time for a recruiter to reach out to you. Um, So you want to be kind of low maintenance and not ask for updates every single day. Um, or an update, you know, two hours after you submitted your application, you want to give that, uh, that appropriate amount of time, let the recruiter review your resume, let the hiring manager review your resume. Sometimes, um, as a recruiter, what I'll do is I'll, I'll see your resume. I, I like it. Maybe I'm on the fence. Um, I'll send it to the hiring manager and sometimes they need a day or two. Um, I would recommend, you know, reaching out one, one day minimum or, you know, I guess at least give it that one day mark, that 24 hour mark from applying to reach out to a recruiter. Hey, I applied. I'd love to have a conversation with you. Very interested in the job. Hope to hear from you soon. That allows me to, if I haven't reviewed your resume, then I can say, okay, yeah, let me go, let me go, uh, let me go check back on your resume real quick. Um, but it also means that you value your time as well. And you're not just, you know, sitting by the wayside waiting for me to respond to you. So, 
um, you're allowing like appropriate amounts of time and also asking for any like feedback. Um, the standard kind of timeline here is, you know, once you've actually reviewed with the recruiter, they, they've talked to you, they said that they're going to take you on to the next steps. Um, just ask them, how long's your timeline? How long can I expect a call back? How long can I expect feedback? If they, if they say, oh, I'll get back to you in a day or two, um, then just respect that timeline. If they say it'll take a week, then, you know, it'll take a week. Now, if you're interviewing elsewhere and you're at the final stages of the interviews and you really like the company that, ha that you haven't heard back from in four, five, six, seven days, then just reach out to the, to the person that you connected with and say, hey, I have interviewed at these other places. Um, you know, your company is top of my priority list. I'd love to hear back. I'd love to get the chance to interview before I make a decision. Um, I hope to hear back. So that's creating immediacy. That's creating, you know, this kind of low maintenance but high curiosity. And that's going to showcase your soft skills as well. You're, you're, you're respecting timelines. You're um, also showing initiative and telling the, the recruiter that you're extremely interested and you want to move forward. Um, so uh, a, a little, little things like this are, are, are things that you need to balance, but um, they're going to, again, increase your likelihood of, uh, of moving forward. Now, if you haven't heard back from the recruiter team or they take weeks at a time, they're not responding in a timely manner, they're, they're giving you kind of the runaround, then I'm just going to say right now, you shouldn't work for that company. You shouldn't work for a company that doesn't respect your time and your efforts, and you need to just let that go. Instead of reaching out a million times and just showing this curiosity, even if that's the only job that, that you're really interested in, that you've applied for, and that, that you've heard back from, you don't want to work for a company that doesn't respect you. So keep that in mind too. Um, just because you're desperate for a job doesn't mean you're desperate to go on a team of just anybody, and uh, uh, especially a company that doesn't respect you in your time. So if you're doing all of these things properly, you should you, a good company, a good recruiter will, will get you through that process uh, respectfully and give you feedback, and you can ask for that um, openly. You should be able to. So moving on to the fourth one, um, applying to one position per company. Now, I have said this a few times now, um, but some companies have multiple roles open on their career site. And they may have the same job title, so, uh, but at the same time, they could be for a different department, they could be for a different team, and while the skill sets look similar, there's like a few different nuances. Not every company can take the time to get every single position out there, especially if they have, you know, 15 software engineering positions open. Sometimes they have just like a pipeline rec uh, requisition. I'm speaking uh, recruiter terms now, so but sometimes they'll have like a a perpetually open uh, position with all similar skill sets, but you know there's there's no need to apply to you know two or three of them if they have them open. Just apply to one. Just apply to one. It's more than likely the same recruiter. Uh, I I cover all of technology. Um, there's no need for you to apply for two UX design positions. Um, I have a senior and a mid-level and a junior level, 
And, you know, I have them posted. Sometimes I have, you know, a senior UX designer for mobile applications. Like, I'll be specific. But I had to do that as of recently because I was getting people that applied that were wanting more information. They weren't quite a fit because they were lacking the mobile experience. So I helped, you know, tailor that job description a little bit. But, again, if you apply to three of the same positions that, that look similar, then you're just being redundant. You're wasting your time. And it means that I have to go into the position and um, and status you, if you will. Um, it, it's partially a, a recruiter's fault if that happens. However, it's also up to you to understand that you only need to apply to one job, especially with that company. Um, so there's absolutely no reason to apply to more than one role. Um Recruiters are typically trained to cross-reference and cross-refer people. Um, you know, so if you apply to a software one software engineering position and there's you know five open on the career site, if you're not a fit for that one that you applied for, then I will make sure that you talk to the other team if they have a position open, if if it makes sense. So we don't want to lose you. We don't want to lose a good person. We want to make hires at the end of the day. We want to onboard great people. So if you're a great candidate and I didn't do my diligence to cross-refer you to another team, then I'm do, I'm part of my job is incomplete. And um, yeah, so just uh, keep that in mind. Um, some people also apply to like a software engineering position and a UX design position. And I, it really confuses me because I'm like, what do you, what do you want? And it, it also shows a little desperation. Um, I'll still reach out to you and say, Hey, you applied to these two positions. Which one are you considering? Uh, and depending on their resume or, and what your resume says and what you're looking for, um, you know, do, don't dare, don't you dare apply for a software engineering position and a UX design position when you're only a software engineer or you only want a UX design position, you're just trying to get on the phone. That's just, don't do that. I'm just going to give you that advice right now. Um, so recruiters, uh, just a little inside baseball here, recruiters use uh, an ATS or an applicant tracking system. And this is a way for me to capture your information and, and tethering your application to a role within that system, I can duplicate or, you know, add you to the, to, to the actual position that you uh, are qualified for, but it only takes one, two clicks. It's as simple as me statusing you for the other four positions you applied for. If you apply to the four positions, like I'm telling you not to, um, it takes me a lot longer to go in and status you every time when if you apply to one role, and I'm like, okay, well, he's better for that team. I can just duplicate you over there. It's it's like two-click process. That's usually standard for all the other uh, applicant tracking systems that recruiters use across the board. Um, so again, no need to apply to multiple roles. Um, I also want to want to I want to advise you strongly here to avoid the one-click apply. Um, that button is the plague. It's an impersonal, impersonal and harmful way to apply. Um, while the technology it, itself is extremely convenient, it's lazy and a waste of time. Uh, most of the time, the one-click apply means you know, you're only reading the, the job title for the company. You're not sifting through the job description. Your resume is probably not tailored to it. And it doesn't speak to the company or the role. And it's everything we are against. 
uh, within this movement. So just avoid that that button. Uh, LinkedIn, or um, I'm sorry, I think LinkedIn does have it, but you can apply with your profile. That one's a little better. The Indeed one, just avoid it. Just it, it's it's a complete waste of time. It's a waste of your time. You're applying to hundreds of jobs. Sometimes, you know, we could here's some ways that 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 it could be harmful though. So. Um, one, it allows agencies, so recruiting, staffing agencies, it allows them, and sometimes they're, they're fake as well. So sometimes they can label themselves as a company and Indeed's done a better job at vetting out these fake companies. But, you know, sometimes all it takes is for, uh, you know, a, a company quote unquote to create an LLC and all of a sudden, you know, they're a legitimate company, but their business methods are not legitimate. So either they're real or fake. Um, they're gathering your personal information. I don't know what they're gathering that data for, but regardless, they are gathering it. And it leaves you exposed to phishing calls, other scams. Um, just it's a waste of time. You know, if you get a, if you get a call from a company and that company is, um, sorry, I just got distracted. I was getting a phone call. Um, but, uh, if you get a call from a company in response to your application, sometimes you could forget, you know, who you applied for because you applied to 100 different positions or 50 different positions. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry, who is this? And you're like, oh, I don't didn't know if I actually applied to that position, but I guess I did. So you just look kind of silly if it is a legitimate opportunity and they are serious about you and you just kind of look silly. Um, so anyway, just avoid the one click apply everything we're against. Now, I want to kind of wrap up here and just talk about the last point, which is your salary expectations. So on the application, you're going to get to the salary. And that's typically towards the end when you're talking about, um, you know, finishing up the application, you know. Um, now, since you're a new technologist, you want to be competitive in the market. Um, and you should have done your research and understand you know, each demographic and geologic location and like what that average pay range is for that type of role. Um, you can use um, stuff, you can use resources like Glassdoor, uh, Dice, uh, even LinkedIn. You can get those generalized like ranges. And while they're probably going to be targeting a little higher, um, you can get an idea of kind of what you're looking for. And sometimes the, you know, the boot camps that you're attending or the uh, different things that you're hearing, they'll give you like a range of, of what's typical for that area. So just make sure that you have that kind of in mind. But when you actually go to state the salary, there's a few things that could happen here. So one, your your dollar amount is too high and you may not receive a call. Number two, your dollar amount is too low, which raises concerns potentially uh, about your abilities and maybe you're valuing your skill set pretty low. Um, it may put you at the bottom of the candidate pool um, or it may not, but that is a risk that you're taking. Um, the third the third option here um, is your target salary is right on target. And while this seems positive, you leave no room for negotiation for yourself. So, you've eliminated that possibility to get a higher salary than what you wanted. Um, so it, it also communicates kind of a lack of flexibility. Um, I wouldn't worry about that too much, but if you state a salary, it could either mean that you don't receive a call or it could just raise concerns 
uh, on the forefront, which could be avoided, and it leaves no room for negotiation. So I would just leave it leave it blank. Um, if it's if you have to actually put something, just put negotiable. That is the absolute best thing to do. Put negotiable, and this prevents any of those three options that I just mentioned, um, and it leaves the negotiation to the phone conversation. To, to at the, that's the right point at to which you should be discussing it. Um, so keep in mind, while salary, you know, may seem like the most important thing, your goal is to get on the phone, learn about the role, learn about the team, learn about the organization, um, along with what they offer in terms of total compensation. You know, are they helping you relocate? Are they offering you, you know, flexible working? Are they offering you work from home opportunities or what are their different benefits package, your 401k and the matching? Sometimes the salary may be a little low, but the total compensation and the benefits just extremely outweigh uh, what the base salary would be. And you have all these other options and that's something that you need to consider. But you can only consider that if you're on the phone asking the questions and having those conversations. So again, remember your goal is, is to network is to get on the phone with people, talk to people, connect with people, um, and just just be concise and upfront and honest. Honesty is always the, the, the best policy. Um, when it comes to negotiating, there are factors and things that you can kind of navigate and say, but I will get the, into that in, in next episodes and talk about all the different nuances and things that you could consider and all the fun things that, uh, that you should consider whenever you're uh, applying to a job. So, um, one last thing I want to mention, I wouldn't, I'm not adding this to the, to the five rules. Um, but when it comes to like references, um, you can just leave those off or say, you know, can provide if needed. Um, so that's just a, that's just an option for you. If you do have a list, just keep it off your resume. Keep that list as like a separate document that you can uh, submit on the job applications. A lot of times you can provide documents, whether it's certifications, if they're asking for it or whatever the case is. Um, you can just benefit from uh, letting them know that you have everything you need um, and don't worry so much about, you know, getting your references on the application. So. Well, I hope this was of value to you. Thank you so much for joining me and listening. Please, uh, again, download, subscribe, hit that like and alert button. So anytime that uh, I go live or anytime that this happens, you can get updates. Um, if you could do me a favor and um, leave a five-star review, uh, if you thought the show was worth it, I'd love to get your feedback. Um, and then also, one last thing, if you could go to www.interviewbreakfix, all one word, interviewbreakfix.com, and you can actually find the podcast, and I have um, like a questions box, and I want you to submit your questions. Um, if you have something I can do, um, I can answer your questions or, or find new topics that, that you want to discuss, and I'll dedicate that to the next show and um, give you a little shout-out, and that is totally up to you. But I'd love your engagement, and I'd love to continue providing this information to you and, and providing value. So if you found value, please um, like, share, subscribe, and um, thank you so much again. So I will talk to you soon. Until then, stay humble, be good. And see you next time.